Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Season 2 of the Pop Anime Comics Lounge, where I have with me model, cosplayer, and gamer, Nikki Zoll. So thank you for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. How are you today? I'm super stoked. I want to do this interview for a long time. So you're a model, and you've had a great modeling career so far. So how did you get into modeling? So in college is when I first started working at Hooters, and they were having their calendar model searches. So I started off with those. So I've been featured in the Hooters calendar and their posters and a bunch of stuff with that company. And that got it all going. And then with their contest as well, one of their international girls, top 100 in the world, and they would take us all over the place, and that was really cool. And then from there, just the more you do, the more they find you. I was in the Miss USA circuit. That got a lot of exposure. So you've been in so many different facets. You're really big into bikini contests. How did you get initially involved <laughs> in that? It was actually kind of stupid. I had a friend that was running events out where I was living in college, Pensacola Beach. And one of their events, they were having a bikini contest. And they were like, hey, you should come. This model come do it for fun. And I was like, okay. And I don't really get nervous doing things like that. So I'll be fun. I did that and I played for my first contest. And I was like, oh, it's pretty cool. So then where I'm from, which is Pensacola, they have a lot of contests all the time. So I started doing them, especially like in the summer. So I started doing them on a weekend. And then it really is first I was placing. And then a couple years in, I started to win, and then once you start winning, you go to the bigger and better contest, and you get to do a bunch of neat stuff with it. And now, I'm not familiar with bikini contests. I've never competed in one, so walk me through how that entire... A lot of places kind of put them on for entertainment, like bars. Some bikini contests, it's just girls walk up on stage, they pose on certain points, smile, and they tell you on different assets, which sounds really dirty, but it's not dirty. Some contests, they just have different criteria. Some will look for physique, attitude, and crowd reaction. Other contests will judge slight different bikini selection or things like that. It depends on what company you're competing with. So recently, I've been with International Bikini Model Search, and they have contests pretty frequently in Florida throughout the United States and they look at bikini selection. Physique, poise is a big one. You actually have to look pretty poised and then on top of that they'll look for how you personify. Since with IBMS, whoever wins their contest comes a spokesmodel for them so they make sure they try to pick someone that would be a good spokesmodel. So now, how do you prepare? How do you choose the right bikini? How do you get in shape? And how do you kind of choose your walk and the way you present yourself? That's all kind of who you are. There's a couple standards, like bikini selection. There's a certain style that most girls will wear. Not too interesting, but they all like prefer a certain cut on your body. And when it comes to physique, you just work out a lot. Some girls diet all the time. I'm not very good at dieting. Pizza is my favorite vegetable. So I'm not very good at dieting. So I just work out every day for at least an hour, if not two, normally two. And then the walk, there's a few standards. So when I first started, I didn't really know what I was doing. I just kind of went out and posed and smiled and waved. But then you learn more from others. So I actually had ex-winners from other contests, girls who had won some big contests before. They came and, like, coached me for a while. And I had different coaches, so they teach you different stances, how to walk more gracefully. Pretty hard to walk in six-inch platform heels. So learning how to walk in those was a process. I used to have to practice walking in them, like, 20 to 30 minutes a day, just walking back and forth in high heels, trying not to fall. And now you've competed in a lot of them so far. What is the biggest challenge of being in a bikini contest? So the really big ones, you're out of location for like a week. It's not just a contest. They make a week out of it. There are different events that you do and things you go to. And pageant rehearsal too. So I guess the hardest challenge is keeping your energy up the whole time. Because you get really tired. Like the Hooters International Swimsuit Pageant, that was a week in Vegas. So you were waking up early to do promotional photo shoots for the company. And then 
you kind of be rushed all day, and then you're in Vegas, so no one wants to go to sleep. So it's like you'd be up late gambling, and then you have to do it all again the next morning. So it's just trying to stay positive and keep the energy up the whole time, because by the time you actually get to the pageant, you're just so ready to go. You're so tired. You've got to, like, really keep it up. That's probably the hardest challenge on those. It's not really working out or not getting nervous, because I just don't get nervous. It's just trying to not show how tired you are and trying to be really energetic the whole time. And now to talk about Hooters, how did that entire thing come up with you that you were chosen to be involved in this entire process and really be brought to Las Vegas for it? So they have an open selection thing. So for the Hooters calendar, the way it works is any girl that works for the company sends in two images of herself to like a selection board. And then they get roughly about eight or 9,000 applicants a year for the calendar. And then from that eight or 9,000, they pick about 1,500 to 2,000 to actually take pictures of. So they'll send out photographers on national tour and then they'll take pictures of all the girls they selected that pictures. So they narrow that eight or nine down to like 1,500 to 2,000 girls. And then from that selection, they narrow it down to like 200 girls. And that's who gets picked to be in the calendar. And that takes almost all year to be able to narrow it down like that. So that's your first in with the company was you picked for the calendar, you're one of 200 that got picked out of thousands. So that's a pretty big deal. And then to actually go to the international pageants, local franchises or local groups will actually host their own pageants. So I was Miss Destin Hooters and I was Miss Mobile Hooters and Miss Pensacola Beach Hooters. You got to like place at a local and win a local. And if you win one of the local ones, then that bumps you up to like international status. And being on the international stage, what was it like in that trusted position? for lack of a better word. That's actually a decent word for it because it kind of is a trusted position. With Hooters, it's not even just how you look. Also, they want you to personify the brand. They want to make sure you're representing the brand well. So when you're at the international thing, it's really cool, actually, because they put you in this place with 100 other girls from around the world who all work for the same company and who all share the same passion for the company because... All of us loved working for Hooters. All of us do. And then when you get to that level, they have the executives and the corporate guys from all over the world are also at the pageant. So you get to speak to all these different people. It's just crazy to think that out of all the girls that work for this company, that I'm the one that has the opportunity to be able to represent my franchise or my store. And it's just kind of neat to be branded with a company like that. And obviously the entire calendar was tied into this as you appeared in both the 2015 and 2016 what was it like right. working with Hooters and shooting with Hooters for this? It's really cool. It really is. I do a lot of modeling, so I'm used to being in front of a camera. But the Hooters people are always so friendly, and they're so professional. And it's fun to be able to meet up with them and get to collaborate on something that you know is going to be published in the number one calendar in the world. And there's no other company that's been able to come close to it. So it's kind of neat to be able to say, you know, I'm in that calendar, and I was picked. It's just a really fun setup that they have. And it's nerve-wracking, too. You don't know. You apply for the calendar in February or March of every year. You don't know if you're going to be able to shoot with them until that summer. And then you don't even know if you've made the calendar until October. So it takes almost a year to find out if you're ever going to be in it. So the whole time you're kind of nervous, but it's cool and it's just a good experience. And now, how do you feel being that you're in this recognizable calendar and that you're associated with the Hooters brand? So I stopped working for Hooters about a year ago, but to me, it's still the best place I've worked just because 
and I've said this, but Hooters is kind of like a family once you're a part of it. And I guess I feel pretty honored that I got to be able to have that kind of feeling for a company because not a lot of people can say they worked a place where they actually like felt like they fit in and that people enjoyed their company and you look forward to going to work and you look forward to meeting people from other stores and other companies. Because even to this day, I'll go to the International Bikini Model Search. They have their own shoot camps at different locations. I'll go to those and some people will show up and there'll be other Hooters calendar girls and we get all excited to meet each other because like, oh my gosh, I did that too. And we always used to joke we're the orange shorts mafia because we all wear the orange shorts for our little thing. But it's so much fun to be able to just say I was there and you were there and that's cool and we can bond over that and be proud of it. And do you feel that being involved with Hooters really helps you as a model right now? I would say so, yeah, because that's one of the biggest brands for bikini modeling or glamour modeling as they call it. And being published in that calendar, like I said, the number one calendar in the world, that's a good way to get your name out there. If that had never happened to me, I would still probably be able to go out and model and get modeling work. People always ask, what have you done before? What's your experience? I've been on the Hooters International stage. I've been in that calendar. I've been on their t-shirts. I've modeled for them. That's a big door opener. Just people hear that brand and they recognize the brand and then they can recognize that, oh, she's not just some girl that wants to take pictures or it's not just a girl that I want to take pictures of. It's someone that has experience and knows what they're doing and actually cares about it. And now to talk about your modeling career, when did you actually start to model outside of the beginning um, contests and Hooters? The heavier modeling started about 20 a few years ago because at first it, was, it still is a hobby like I have a full-time job but it's a good hobby to have because you travel with it and then just to get published in different things there's a lot of magazines out there that take images and you apply and you get picked and it's cool to see yourself in a magazine or to see yourself in a calendar somewhere so I've been doing that two to three years now where I actually am looking to get published and I'm not just taking pictures for fun. And how do you typically find work and meet with photographers and how does the entire process work with you currently? A lot of it's just social media. There are also websites, kind of like Facebook for models and photographers. You're listed as a model or someone's listed as a photographer. And if they're looking for a certain look or anything like that, they can find you on those. But a lot of my modeling work just comes from Facebook and Instagram. You know, people find you on there and they send you a message and ask, hey, where are you located? I'd love to use you for this ad or I'd love to take pictures of you to use in my portfolio or to get experience. I feel like a lot of modeling work gets done that way nowadays. I mean, there are agencies, but I like Glamour and I have fun doing that. I'm not really interested in doing fashion or anything and that's where agencies normally come into play is for things like that and now you've really shot a lot of photos and you have this natural ability to capture and convey an element of sexiness how did you manage to develop this i have no idea <laughs> practice i guess anything takes practice you can't just pose in front of a camera and, and make a face and expect it to look good because there's how you think you look, and then there's how you actually look. And you have to be very critical of yourself as well. A lot of the girls who think they're just the best thing ever really aren't. It just happens to be that way. And the girls who are more down-to-earth, that's not the right word to use, but I guess the girls who are more objective of themselves are the ones who tend to take the better images. Because for me, like when I first started, pictures are pictures, and a pretty girl is a pretty girl. But at the same time, there are different things you learn and different poses you learn. And modeling is not comfortable. All the sexy-looking poses are definitely not comfortable and natural poses they're the most awkward painful things but they look really good in the picture so learning how to do all that is its own thing and learning not to make a stupid face is another and now you mentioned that you travel with this how do you determine mm -hmm. where you want to travel and where you want to shoot photos and what props are being used or what cars are being used in that matter so for me i'm not actively out seeking work 
like I said, I have a full-time job, so it's kind of a hobby, but almost every weekend I'm out doing something with the modeling. Some of it I just find through social media. Once you get involved with modeling, there's a lot of groups on Facebook designed to help photographers and models connect. So sometimes people will advertise, hey, looking for a model for this, and then if I'm free, I'll be like, hey, well, I can come out that way. When it comes to traveling, normally I don't travel just for a modeling job. I mean, it depends on how much it pays and how far it is. But I travel for the contest mainly. So I go back to Florida a lot. And I've been to other locations for different things. With the International Bikini Model Search, we were just in the Bahamas. So a lot of it's just figuring where you want to go. Swimsuit USA, I was, I was supposed to do them this year, but I couldn't because of work. But they were in the Dominican Republic. So a lot of it's just basing it on where all the events are going to be at and following you know, what's going on with that scene. And now you know a lot of photographers and you shot with a lot of photographers, one being Joe DeMasso. Joe is my favorite. He started out in Pensacola, and when I first applied for the calendar, that was almost five years ago, and I had never modeled before anything, but everyone always said Joe took the best pictures, and it was clear, I mean, it was evident based off of his images that he knew what he was doing. So everyone said, well, if it's your first time and you're going to apply, take pictures with him. And I was like, okay, I will do that. So well, I guess I'll take some pictures with him and see how it looks. And if it wasn't for him, I don't think I would have wanted to model at all because the first time I was kind of nervous. It was really cold out. We were taking pictures in January. So it was like 30 degrees and I'm in a bikini on a beach in the water. And I was nervous and I didn't know what I was doing. And he was just really friendly and fun because I didn't know how to pose. I'm like, I don't even know what I do to make myself look good. And he wasn't afraid to get down in the sand and pose like a girl would and be like, you should do this because he knows in his eyes he can see what makes someone look good and he will get that image no matter what. And ever since then, we've just been friends. I joke like he's my brother. We're both Filipino. We act like we're brother and sister. He's actually the one that got me more involved with the International Bikini Model Search because he's been a photographer for them basically since they started. And I never went to any of their events. And he said that, come with me to this one. It'll be fun. I said, okay, you know, why not? And then ever since then, I've been really involved with that group. And he actually moved to San Diego. He doesn't live in Pensacola anymore. But when he was still in Pensacola, whenever I needed any work done or if anyone needed work done, I was always referencing him because he's been published in Playboy, Maxim, Esquire. I mean, he's got big names under his belt. And now, how much freedom and direction do you take from him when you're shooting a shoot? Every photographer is different. Some photographers like to give direction the whole time. They know what they're looking for. They know what they want to see. With Joe, nowadays, I don't need much direction. If I get done, I feel like I've done this, I've done this. Is there something I haven't done that I'll ask for help? But like I said, every photographer is different. Some want the model to just do her thing. Pose what comes naturally. I'll take the pictures. We'll make it work. Then other photographers, you meet up with them, and they know exactly what kind of image they want, and they'll tell you how to make it happen. So... Models have to be really versatile. You should be able to be confident in yourself and take charge. And at the same time, if someone wants to give you direction, you should be able to take it well. And speaking about photographers, you've worked with Chris Barnes, MV Photo and Design, and Nathan Cray Photography, to name a mm-hmm. few. How do you typically meet photographers? Social media or the group. International Bikini Model Search is a big organization. There's thousands of people, models and photographers associated with that brand name. And they have a lot of events and communication between everyone. So that's how you get a lot of networking done. I would recommend that group to any model photographer that's trying to get going. But like I said before, social media is probably the biggest thing. Just finding someone online and then just shooting them a message, trying to communicate and see if y'all can work it out.
And with these photos, with these photographers, what typically happens after you're done shooting? How long does it take to get the photo back? And then what do you do with the photo? What do they do with the photo? It all depends on the photographer. There's a joke about that in the industry, how some photographers, they're once we're done, you got to give me four to five months to get them to you because they're so busy, which it's a joke just because it's a really long time to wait for pictures. A reasonable amount of time, a couple weeks. It's really just communication and it depends how busy they've been recently. Once the pictures are done and edited, everyone does a different process with them but once they're edited and you get them back it all depends on the intent of the photo shoot itself if they're going to be used for advertisement then you can't really do anything with the pictures once I get them I can't share them I can add them to my portfolio say we shot them so the photographer can have it in portfolio and I can have it then a lot of times I just use those on social media I won't use them for anything else and then some of the times when we shoot the photos are intended for publication all depends so a lot of magazines will take applications from the model or the photographer and so we just have to communicate if the photographer wants to publish them. It's a big back and forth between what magazine and where do you want to go with first. Because a lot of magazines won't publish something once it's published somewhere else. So you can't send a set of images in five magazines at once. You kind of got to rank them in your head. I would like publishing this one, but if they don't accept the set, then what's the next one we're going to apply? So that's actually quite a process. That takes time. And now we mentioned International Bikini Search. How do you get involved in that organization since we mentioned it a bunch of times? So Joe's the one that got me involved with it just by inviting me to one of their shoot camps four to five days at a location where you go and just basically take pictures the whole time and their bikini contest normally associated with that set of days. If anyone is interested in getting involved, it's really easy. They have a website or you could find them on Facebook and send them a message and they meet a lot of their models and photographers at their bikini contest, but their shoot camps are really the highlight of that company. You live with the people for those days. You typically all live in the same mansion to put you up in there and the photographer and the model typically have to pay to attend. Sometimes if you win their contest, you get sponsored so you don't have to pay to go but that's really the best way to get involved with them they're such friendly people Elena and Patrick McKinney are the two people that started IBMS and actually run it and they're some of the nicest people you ever meet and they're really accepting with everyone they answer everyone's questions and it's just a really good group to be associated with and now to stay on the topic of bikinis I'm just going through your Instagram right now as we're speaking and you've done a lot of bikini shoots and I'm curious how many yeah. bikinis do you own and do you have a favorite and why? I have so many bikinis. I don't have as much as a lot of girls. I maybe own 40 bikinis but I know girls that own hundreds. I'm not super crazy. I'm a little crazy but I'm not that crazy. And then out of those bikinis some of them are show bikinis and show bikinis are the ones that are cut a little differently. They're covered in rhinestones. They're a bit more fancy and those are pretty expensive. I think I have five or six of those and they cost around 400 to $500 each. And then I have a bunch of casual beach-type bikinis, I guess you would say. But my favorite one was actually my first one I got. It was a white bikini that I ordered from a company called Water Babies because you could order custom. You could tell them what color and what kind of crystals you want. And it's one of those ones that's really covered in rhinestones, but it's white and it's always been my favorite. White's kind of like a pageant color. Everyone likes white. And I'm so tan. The white looks really good on me. So it's probably my favorite bikini out of all of them, even though it's my oldest. And now to shift away from bikinis and to explore a little <laughs> bit of your nerdy side, starting with Yay. video games. When did you first start playing video games? I was six or seven. My dad played a lot of StarCraft, and he was actually one of the betas for StarCraft. And then whenever they started ranking people and having things like that, he was top ten in the world in StarCraft. So I grew up playing basic games, like your Pajama Sam's and things like that. And then it just developed into StarCraft as I got older. And then I was really good at WarCraft. And then the console games got really popular, so I played PC for a while. And then in high school, everyone had console games.
game, so then I had to get a console game, and now I'm back on PCs again. So nowadays, I play a lot of Dota 2, and I sometimes revisit the old Warcrafts and Starcrafts and things like that, but not too often. But not a lot of people play them anymore, so it's kind of hard to get a good game going. But I played a lot of Warcraft in college. We had a group that would play together. And now you're currently on Twitch. Where you stream a lot of games. Dota 2 is the main one I stream. It's a pretty saturated market, but the reason I started streaming is I'm going to play video games anyway, so why not stream? The attitude I had, my thing is I'm going to play these games for hours every night. I might as well stream it, and if people enjoy watching me play, interacting with me, that's fun for me too. I like talking to people and meeting people. So yeah, I play Dota 2 on stream, and then sometimes I'll play games as they come out. I played Overwatch when it came out, Borderlands 2, and then I'm sadly addicted to play Skyrim on stream. And I'm curious, do many people know who you are when you're streaming right now? I've had a few times at the conventions I cosplay, and I've had people out of nowhere be like, oh my gosh, I met you at Mississippi Comic Con. I can't believe I found your stream. And then I've had people where I live, they're scrolling on Twitch, and they're like, don't you go to this bar? And I'm like, oh, yep, that's me. And they're like, oh, no way, that's so cool. And now as a gamer and being a model, and with everything that happened with Gamergate and some other stuff that's going on, how do you feel that the gaming community has treated you and accepted you. Everyone knows about bias. People are towards female gamers for the most part. Not everyone is. And it's really not so bad. I'm a really hard person for them. So to me, it's all kind of funny. No matter what you say to me, it can't really bother me. But I really like playing it. And I think that's what people need to embrace more. If a girl enjoys playing video games and she wants to stream, then more power to her. And now to talk about something you just mentioned a few questions ago is you cosplay. The first time I wanted to cosplay was Pensacon when it first came to Pensacola. It's a fairly big con now. It started with that when they were trying to promote Pensacon this year. They had a cosplay bikini contest. So that is right up my alley. I'm going to be a yellow bikini Pikachu. So after that is when I started doing more costumes. So I started going to conventions and different characters. And nowadays, I'm part of a group of Mississippi Metahumans. And we do everything, but it's mainly DC characters and some Marvel. And that's a really fun group to be a part of because we do a lot of events charity and that's always fun to dress the character and, and go interact with kids for Make-A-Wish Foundation. And now how do you typically create your cosplays so that they appropriately fit and look accurate as possible? So originally I was just purchasing them because I didn't really know how to make anything. In the past year or so I started learning more about sewing and bone work. Nowadays I try to make almost everything from scratch. I commission a few things. If I try something a couple times and I just can't seem to get it right, I actually know someone that helps me and teaches me. And then some I'll purchase like Catwoman. So I took an older costume and I just altered it to make it fit a little differently and it wasn't very Catwoman like to start but then I had to fit it down so I had to learn how to do that that was a big step for me I'll buy something similar and then I'll try to alter it just to make it a bit easier on me I've made a few things from scratch completely foam work and the sewing but it takes a long time and sometimes I get really frustrated because if I mess it up a couple times that's it I'm done I'm gonna try something else and now to talk about Catwoman what inspired you to want to cosplay as Catwoman I've never been a comic book person, but it's weird because as I got older, I started liking that stuff a bit more. And Catwoman was one of my favorite characters because of her attitude, I guess. She has this really cool attitude about her. And it's fun to play her in public because a lot of times we're kids and the kids know who Catwoman is. They know who Supergirl is and things like that. And it's fun to act out the character. And she has a kind of personality that's pretty easy for me to act out. 
and it's comfy. People think it's not, and I lie to them, and I tell them it's not, but it really is. It's so comfortable. Some people wear these crazy costumes, and they're like, oh, it's hot, and it's itchy, and I can't really move in it. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm fine. But she's a really fun one to be because she's recognizable. And I've done Wonder Woman. I just feel more confident in the Catwoman. And uh, you mentioned Wonder Woman. You also did Wolverine, as well as you've done a character mm-hmm. from Attack on Titan. And just this Halloween, you did Dominatrix. Devil dominatrix thing. <laughs> That's not even really a cosplay. That was just a recycled costume. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go to New Orleans and I can wear this in New Orleans and no one will say anything to me. So I did. I'm not very shy. I can't do everyone. I'm half Filipino and I'm half white. So I try to find characters that actually fit me and then I pull off. And now you have some professional cosplay photo shoots that you've done. How do those come about? The first one started when Pensacon started, and our local area was looking for ways to like promote Pensacon things. So some photographers wanted to cosplay photos so that we could post and be like, hey, Pensacon's coming up. We're all looking forward to it. And then a lot of times at the conventions, there are a lot of photographers that want to get some good images and get some good edits because that's its own genre now. So at the convention, even within our cosplaying group, the MetaHuman group, we have a photographer that wants to get some really cool pictures, try to make them look like comic books, bring the comic book to life in a way. And do you prefer one type of photo shoot over the other or do you just love all of it? I just think it's all pretty fun. My element is probably the bikini modeling just because I've been doing it for so long. But if I want to do something else, I'm just open for it. Like I said, it's a hobby. And if a photographer says, hey, I want to try to shoot something that looks like this, then most of the time I'll be like, okay, let's try to make it happen because it's for fun for me. I enjoy going out and doing it. And I want to make sure the photographer gets what they want if they have something in mind. And sometimes they just want to shoot. They don't care what. We brainstorm. We think about something. And I normally have fun doing a little bit of anything, really. And now you've been involved in so many different sectors of modeling between the bikini contests, hooters, pageants, as well as cosplay, as well as some other nerd-themed shoots that we didn't really dive into. What do you find to be the most popular out of all the shoots you do? The most popular ones are probably the cosplay ones, just because they're different. Not everyone does that, and not everyone has a passion for it. Because I cosplay mainly because I can go help out charities. I enjoy taking the cosplay pictures, and that gets the most popularity just because people acknowledge that it's different. I feel like people can tell in my pictures that I actually really enjoyed doing it. And I think that's why I get the most traction with those. And we just mentioned what you've been involved in. You're killing it in almost everything. So I'm curious, what is next for you? I've mentioned I have a full-time job. So I do work a Monday through Friday job. And that priority is my actual career. But as far as the modeling goes... I'm just going with the flow. I'm going to take some pictures and submit them and see what I get into. But I want to take the cosplay into a different level. I want to try to be a guest at a convention eventually. I'm not really at that status yet, I don't think. But I want to try to get there with that and maybe be a panelist. And that's kind of where I'm headed with that route. But with the other modeling, it's just going to be see where it's going and just go with it. And then we just spoke about a lot of your work. And I'm curious, what advice do you have for people who want to get into modeling and various competitions that surround it? The best advice is not be nervous or scared. If you're going to do a bikini contest, a lot of girls get really nervous and that's the opposite of what you need to be. You need to be there because you want to have fun. If I didn't have fun doing them, then I wouldn't do them. It's not just for the money or anything. I have fun doing it. People can tell why I win because a lot of it is attitude. And if you get a girl that's really nervous up there, then she's probably not going to do well. As far as modeling goes, the best advice from the modeling side is first off, be safe. There are a lot of people out there that pose themselves as a photographer, take pictures of a girl, and then the girl finds himself in a very unfitting situation so always check up on sources if 
there's a photographer you never heard of that asks you to take pictures, ask to speak to some of the models he used to work with, or try to contact the models. Because a lot of times if someone contacts you, it's through Facebook, and they have someone their work posted, and they have models tagged. You need to go and talk to those models and make sure everything's safe. Don't ever meet someone at their house. I don't think I've ever ridden with someone in their car. I've always met them somewhere. Be safe, first off, and then second off, communicate. A lot of girls don't communicate with their photographers. They either do whatever they ask, and they're unhappy with their work, or they don't know what they're doing, and they never ask for help. Everyone just wants communication when it comes to that kind of stuff. Make sure you're not afraid to say what you want to say or ask for help and be safe about it. And then finally, do you have anything you'd like to promote? Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, modeling competitions that are coming up? It'd be really cool if you check me out on Instagram. It's at Nikki Zoll on Instagram. That'd be cool. Um, there's always a lot of contests going on on social media, so it really helps when people just give me a follow, and that way you can like those images. If there's ever any contests, you know, I post about them, and I love being able to meet people in person. And if I'm at a convention, I love when people come to me, and they're like, oh, I follow you on Instagram, and I saw that you were going to be here, and it's so cool to meet you. And I love it when people do that, because that's the whole point, is to talk to people and have fun with it. As always, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the podcast, and you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher Radio, and anywhere else where you listen to your podcasts. And while you wait for next week's episode, you can definitely check us out at popanimecomics.com for articles relating to anime comics and pop culture, as well as give us a follow on Twitter at popanimecomics, like our Facebook page, Pop Anime Comics. And we currently do have a patron up and running. It's Pop Anime Comics. Every dollar helps keep this podcast up and going. So please consider donating. And if you can't, feel free to write a review on iTunes as it helps us to move up in the ranks. And until next week, everybody, have a wonderful week.